Hello, Praise Chapel Paramount. This is Pastor Omar Lopez. Welcome to our podcast. This past weekend, I talked about when it seems like we can't make a comeback, when it seems almost impossible to make a comeback. And I emphasized the story of Moses and how he was one person that was in the backside of the desert. He felt that his life was over, 40 years in the backside of the desert, and God speaks to him from a burning bush and tells him to go back to Egypt, that he's with him. And I believe all of us today can make a comeback from whatever situation we're in, to know that God is with us and that he works miracles through ordinary people and does extraordinary things. Well, God bless all of you this morning. We welcome you. We're glad you're here. And we really are glad you're here today. I know there's a number of places you can be, being this is the Labor Day weekend, but you chose to be in the house of God. That's awesome. So turn to your neighbor and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. I believe that today, and so uh, we appreciate you being here and being a part of the service here. Those that are watching online, uh, we appreciate those. There's some people that are on vacation that are watching online, so praise God. At least you're, you're watching and uh, you're with us, uh, online with us, so we appreciate. Uh, we're in a new series, as uh, Pastor Isaac was talking about, The Comeback. And uh, we just got out of the series, uh, Faith Without Walls. How many enjoyed that series? I, I really enjoyed that. And all of our series are on Facebook, our YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed, do that. Uh, also, it's on podcast. And so you can uh, go into our podcast. If you just uh, go on the app there, look up Praise Chapel Paramount. You can hear all of the messages again. And uh, we just pray that it'll encourage you. If you want to go back and listen to something and, and say, hey, I missed that message, you can go back and listen to any of our messages, and it'll bring great encouragement to you. So we pray that it has ministered to you. But again, uh, this weekend or this week, we are starting here this new series called The Comeback, and we're going to be talking about when it looks too late to come back. When it looks almost impossible to come back. There have been situations maybe that you've been in or situations that you've been able to observe and a comeback isn't possible. Whenever we talk about a comeback, you can't help but talk about sports, all right? And some of you may not be in the sports, but I'll just have to give you a sports analogy. Uh, There's so many of them. Uh, If you're into basketball, the NBA, you know, you're behind, you know, by 20 points or whatever in the fourth quarter, and you amazingly come back and win the game. And so it's a comeback. You were losing the game all three or four quarters, and then at the end of the fourth quarter, you end up coming back. There is a famous game that they call uh, in the NFL the greatest comeback in NFL, NFL history. And it was in January 3rd, 1993. And it was between the Buffalo Bills and the Houston Oilers. It was the wild card uh, uh, AFC championship. And uh, the uh, who was it? The Buffalo Bills were um, their main quarterback, their starting quarterback, uh, was hurt, and so they had to put in Frank uh, Rice, I believe his name is, and uh, he played, uh, he was the second string quarterback, he was not the main quarterback, and if you saw, if you ever go back and see the game, um, I was going to say the Bible, no, it wasn't the Bible, it was uh, NFL, and the Bible says it wasn't that, 
But, uh, but by the time halftime was over, Houston was up uh, 28 to 3. When they started the fourth quarter, uh, Buffalo Bills threw an interception, and now they're down 35 to 3. At that point, many people left the stadium. Uh, a lot of people left. They said, it's over. It's done. They're not going to be able to come back. They are behind by too many touchdowns. There's not going to be enough time uh, to win this game. Also, Houston Oilers had uh, a quarterback by the name of Warren Moon. He was in his prime. And everything he was throwing that day, everybody was catching. And uh, he was ahead of the game. But somehow, amazingly, this second-string quarterback by the name of Frank Rice uh, began to make a comeback. Little by little, they began, he began to throw passes. And they got one touchdown. And they, they did an onside kick to God if you don't know football. They did all these things. And by the time the game was over... The Buffalo Bills won that game in overtime, 41 to 38. That's an amazing, that's an amazing comeback. And uh, if you ever get a chance, you can watch it, and it's amazing. And here's one of the things that I want to say to you when we talk about a comeback. When we use a sports analogy, it may help some of you, but sometimes it may not help a lot of us. We may say, well, you know, that's football, and that's not real life. And how does that help me in real life? It's very difficult. And let me just use another uh, analogy of a comeback outside of sports. How many are into gardening? Anybody here into gardening? Okay, a couple of people, some that don't want to admit it. Uh, I think I talked about I was actually in agriculture. I think I talked about it a few weeks ago. And one of the things that I learned about agriculture is some, some plants and some uh, things that you plant may look dead on the outside may look dried up, but if you, if you begin to cultivate it, you know, I, I've been around people to say, oh, man, just, just put a little fertilizer, begin to water it for the next few weeks, take care of it, you know, uh, prune it a little bit. And, and I said, man, that thing is dead. They go, it ain't dead yet. And before you know it, man, if you start doing it, that plant makes a comeback. <laughs> Somehow that thing comes alive and you say, my goodness, how is this possible? And there's a great example in the Bible and we're going to read out of this. This is going to be the character that we're going to focus on today and we're going to focus on, the, uh, on a man by the name of Moses. And Moses is a powerful example how God works in our lives when it looks too late, when it looks impossible for a comeback. And maybe you can look at your life right now. And maybe there's some situations right now. Yet you're saying, man, I've had so many setbacks. I've made so many mistakes in my life. I've had so many failures that, you know, I don't see me able to come back from this. It may happen for others. It may happen for football. It may happen for that plant. It may happen for that rose bush. But it's not going to happen for me. I just don't see it. I don't see me able to come back. And I hope today as we focus on the character of Moses that you can see your life like the life of Moses and be encouraged that you can come back. I said that you can come back. Now, I want to be honest with you this morning. I'm going to give you a lot of hope and I'm going to give you a lot of inspiration. 
But here's what I want to say to you. Whenever we talk about a comeback, whenever we talk about being able to come back from something, I want to be realistic for you uh, or with you. It may not mean that you're going to get back everything that you lost. Can I be honest this morning? You may not get that job back. You may not get that money back. You may not get that house back. You may not even get that marriage back. You might not get everything back that you lost. In fact, there may be some things that just you'll never get back. But I will tell you, there is a comeback in store for you. You may get something new from God. Hallelujah. Something that you didn't have that you need. And in your comeback, God is going to give you something new. So Moses' life, again, we're going to talk about him. Uh, he's considered what we call the comeback kid. How many have ever seen that movie, The Comeback Kid? And uh, I think it was with John Ritter. Uh, it's called the, it was in the 80s. It's called The Comeback Kid. And we call people that sometimes. He's the comeback kid. And the reason why is because that person has the ability to come back. When you look at the life of Moses, folks, uh, his, the very beginning of him being born, we see a very, he's coming back because he was not supposed to live. If you know the story, the Bible said that Pharaoh at that time, during, uh, during the time that the uh, Hebrews were in slavery, he was killing all the male kids, all the children that were male. Because they were uh, outgrowing or outnumbering the Egyptians. And the Egyptians begin to get insecure. They begin to get fearful and say, they're going to outnumber us. They're going to take over. So we want to make sure to kill all the men or all the male babies that are born. And so we're thinking abortion started in the last hundred years. I want you to know abortion started way hundreds of years before. The idea of killing babies and trying to kill and wipe out the destiny of children was all the way back then. And so the Bible says that instead of killing the midwives, instead of killing the male babies, they basically let them live. And the scripture says that Moses was hidden for about two or three months before finally they couldn't hide him anymore. And here's the great thing. I love God's sense of humor. Because Pharaoh, the very children that he was trying to kill, the very child that he was trying to get rid of, was the very child that was raised up in his own palace. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says his daughter uh, raised him and adopted him and basically brought him in into Pharaoh's house. And so in instead of that kid dying, he made a comeback. So the very beginning of this child's life, of Moses' life, is really a, a, an essay or a, a summary or a statement of comeback. And so I want to read a verse of scripture, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive into this, okay? Then I'm going to start preaching. See, that was just the introduction, okay? Here we go. And so in Acts chapter 7 gives us a great a great uh, analysis of what happened. One day when Moses was 40 years old, the Bible said, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. So somehow, the Bible is telling us that Moses became aware of who he really was, that he was not an Egyptian, that in fact, he was a Hebrew child. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. And so Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him killing the Egyptian. I don't know if we have the verses up there, but they were sent, okay? Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue him. 
Are you with or rescue them? But he didn't. The next day, he visited them again, and he saw two men of Israel fighting, and he tried to be a peacemaker. He said, men, he said, you are brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside, and he said, who made you ruler and judge over us? He asked, are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And when Moses heard that, he, had, heard that, he fled the country... And he lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. So let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the word of God. I pray today, God, that your people would be inspired to come back for whatever circumstances, whatever situation they are in, that God, no matter how dire the situation may seem, how impossible uh, the situation may be in their lives, uh, wherever they're at right now, that God, uh, you can make a comeback in their life today, that, that they're able to come back, that God today, that you're a God of victory, and Lord today, even what they lost today, God, uh, you may give them something new. So I pray for the anointing of your spirit as I declare the word of God and let the people hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name and everyone said. So again, as I was saying earlier, apparently uh, Moses understood who he was. He understood his identity and the Bible says that he, uh, in defending one of the Israelites, he killed an Egyptian and then he flees from Egypt into the land of Midian, a desert, uh, the backside of the desert is where the city was at and uh, he was 40 years old at the time and he, he goes and he lives there another 40 years. Now could you imagine you leave the place where you've grown up. You leave the place of familiarity. You leave the place that basically you knew everyone and you flee. You leave. And he leaves for 40 years, not 10 years, not 20, but 40 years. And eventually the Bible says he ends up being married there. He becomes a shepherd. Could you imagine being a, a, an Egyptian, uh, being raised in the palace, basically being set up to be the next prince? And now you're just a shepherd boy you're taking care of these old sheep and that's your occupation and every day uh, day day in and day out uh, uh, you're looking at these sheep you're on the back side of the desert you think it's hot here in paramount today think about uh, being in the desert man uh, yeah it's a little hot but it's cool here right it's cool this is a cool church so, so anyway it, it, it may have seemed impossible and it may seem like that was the destination of his life and for 40 years he's in the backside of the desert and finally something changes there there is a shift that happens because he has an encounter with God how many know when you have an encounter with God you can make a comeback whenever you have an encounter with God I can tell you there's always hope for a comeback there's always hope that you can come back uh, from what you've lost and so the bible says in exodus chapter 3 uh, stay with me here one day moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law jethro the priest of the midian he led the flock far into the wilderness and he came to sinai the mountain of god that's what they consider god's mountain then the angel of the lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush Moses stared in amazement and thought, though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not 
burn up. So Moses is getting ready for God setting him up for a comeback. And it starts with this burning bush experience. It starts with God speaking from this burning bush. And basically, a lot of us this morning, we look at this burning bush and we say, man, that was unique. That was miraculous. That was awesome, this burning bush. But, but I want to tell you, it was more than the bush. It was the presence of God. And here's what I want to remind you is that in the midst of your routine, in the midst of you just doing day in and day out, I want you to know sometimes the unexpected will happen and God's invitation will come your way. Just like some of you right now, you came here this morning, just like you come every Sunday. It may be a routine. It may be something that you do every Sunday morning. It may be something that you just decided to come. You got in your car like you normally do. You did all of that. And today, it may be just a routine. But could it be that maybe you may have something unexpected happen to you today? Could it be that God may show up today and surprise you? Could it be that God may call your name just like he called Moses' name? And the extraordinary thing, it was God's presence that, that was in the middle of the bush. And the Bible said they caused that bush to catch fire, but it did not consume it. And the scripture says Moses sees this bush that is burning, but it's not being consumed. And he goes over to take a closer look. See, when, when you sent the presence of God, you're not supposed to move away. You need to get in and get it closer. You need to lean in a little bit. You need to see, what is God trying to say? Some of you this morning that I'm preaching, you need to lean in a little bit. Don't lean in more on your phone and look at the next Facebook. Lean in, maybe God's trying to say something to you right now. Maybe God's kind of trying to speak into your life right now. Exodus chapter 3, when the Lord saw Moses coming in to take a closer look. See, God knows when you're leaning in. God knows when you're trying to take a closer look. Some of you, instead of leaning out, you need to lean in. And the Bible said God called him from the middle of the bush. And I just love this, and I can't help but saying it. Moses, Moses. And uh, <laughs> anyway, and so Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer. Anyway, the Lord warned him, take off your shoes for the, you are standing on holy ground. Now, what surprises Moses is not just the bush, but that God called out his name. That God, the first thing that Moses heard was his name. And that's what I'm praying for today, that as I preach this message, that you will hear your name being called right now. That God is calling out your name. That God is calling you out right now and saying to you, I've got something for you. I've got direction for you. I have a plan for you. I have a comeback for you. I said, I have a comeback for you today. This is holy ground. God said to Moses, this is holy ground. And, and I want us to take that personal because it, sometimes it's not just uh, uh, you being in a mountain somewhere, but it could be anywhere that you're sitting and you're leaning in. That could be the place that is holy ground. That could be the place right now, wherever you're sitting. Maybe you're watching right now in your living room. Maybe you're outside watching. Wherever you're at right now, if, where you're listening right now, it is holy ground. Now, I'm not saying that the person in front of you, that their hair is going to catch on fire, you know, and you're, that's going to be a burning bush. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying don't, don't take off your shoes. People may not appreciate that right now. What I'm saying to you 
is that it could be a holy moment where you're in the presence of God and God is speaking to you and God is challenging you at that moment to make a comeback because basically that's what God was saying to Moses. You've been out here 40 years. You've been out here doing what you've been doing routinely, but I've got a different plan and I got a comeback for you. Hallelujah. And how many know making a comeback can be pretty scary? Having to come back from where you, where, where you were at can be very... See, sometimes God has to come back, but most of us are not ready for a comeback. And when I say we're not ready, I think mentally we're not ready. Physically, we're not ready. Spiritually, we're not ready. Uh, we're, uh, a lot of times, emotionally, we're not ready. We're too fearful to make a comeback. We're, we're, we're disappointed about all the things that have happened, and we don't want to be disappointed again. And so, therefore, we're kind of afraid to make a comeback. And so, here's a couple of things that happen. There, there's a conversation between Moses and God that takes place, that has to take place for Moses to understand for him to be able to come back. See, a lot of us this morning, we want to make a comeback, but you haven't really talked to God about it yet. There needs to be some prayer. You know, we talk to everybody else, but we haven't really talked to God, have we? We haven't really talked to God about, hey, God, what should I do? What, how do I make a comeback? What do you want to do in my life? You know, I, I've kind of allowed this uh, thing. I've kind of allowed myself to get stuck in this rut instead of making a comeback. All of us this morning have faced some kind of crisis or circumstances or situation that, that we've been disappointed in in other people and in ourselves. How many can say amen? And God is saying to you, it's time for something new. It's time that you come back from where you're at. I, I'm, I'm going to do something great in your life. And here's what God says to Moses or here's what Moses says to God. He said, basically, God says, uh, I, I want you to go down to Egypt and what happens is Moses begins to protest. We've been hearing a lot about protesting, okay? And, and uh, uh, protesting started way back in the Bible, okay? But this is a protest that he's protesting to God, God's will. He's protesting to God's comeback. And he tells God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should go and set these people free? Basically, God, I don't have it in me. Some of us, the reason why we don't come back because you say, you've said to yourself, you don't have it in you. You don't have the ability. You don't have the qualifications. You're not able to do this. You don't see it. He was looking at himself. Moses said, I'm a shepherd. I just take care of sheep. I live in the wilderness. Wilderness. Who in the world, who am I? Who, do, who are people going to think? You know, there's no way. And so he was protesting uh, that this uh, whole thing that God was telling him, I need you to come back. I need you to go back to Egypt. You're making a great comeback. So who am I that I would face Pharaoh? How am I going to do this? I'm just just an ordinary guy. I'm not qualified. If you're looking at your qualifications, you're always going to disqualify yourself. See, God is the one that qualifies you. You're always going to say, well, you know, I'm too fat. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm this and that. I'm too skinny. I'm too hairy. I'm too bald. I'm too smart. I'm too dumb. I'm too young. I'm too old. All of these things. Everybody has a different excuse all the time. Am I right? 
We're always saying, I don't qualify, I can't do this. And Moses was looking at his qualification, looking at himself, saying, I'm not able to do this. And whenever we do that, we begin to fall and we begin to feel comfortable in our setback. We begin to feel comfortable in where we're at and we get stuck instead of moving forward. And when God's knocking at your door, you think it's your neighbor's door that God's knocking at. Oh, that can't be my door. That's my neighbor's door. Oh, God's not speaking to me. He's speaking to my neighbor next to me. That, that can't possibly be God telling me that I need to come back. That's got to be somebody else. And here's how God answers. Sometimes God answers you, man, in a way that you don't like. He, God basically says, I'm with you. What's the problem? When, God, when he says, who am I? He goes, I'm with you. See, many times we forget who's with us. Hallelujah. It fascinates me that God didn't tell Moses, you know, I chose you because uh, you have all this ability, Moses. I mean, you, 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 you got educated in Egypt. You were going to be the next prince. Uh, you're, you're, well, you're really familiar with the Egyptian culture. You're familiar with all the, you're educated. You have, that's why I chose you. But you notice that God doesn't tell him that. God doesn't build him up. God doesn't say, man, I chose you because all of these things. God says, God, God basically points to himself. I'm with you. Well, you ever think about that? God doesn't really need us. I mean, you ever think God could have just did it? God could have just said, poof, to, uh, to Pharaoh and got his people out and did all that. But he chooses to use us. Because he wants you to make a comeback. I said, he chooses out of his grace, out of his mercy. God doesn't need none of us. I mean, think about that. Somehow we think like, oh, you know, God's lucky he got me. No, you're, I'm telling you, he's not lucky at all with you. Amen. You, you're, you're, you are blessed that he's using you. And so the Bible says this burning bush, which represents the presence of God, and God is speaking to him, saying, I'm with you. And, and like I said, uh, God could use anybody. God, you know, God could have used any bush that day. He could have used a nice bush. He could have used a little bush. He could have used any. You're, you're like a bush. Amen. He could have used all of us, right? But it's not your ability that matters. It's your availability. So a lot of us this morning, we always look at our qualifications and we always look at our ability, but it's your availability. You know what disqualifies a lot of people from making a comeback is you're never available. You never make yourself available for God. And so you're wondering, when am I going to make a comeback? You're never available. God wants to use you and what, whatever you've gone through, your experience, your, your knowledge, your wisdom, all of those things. And he wants to anoint it and use it for his glory, even your hurts and your pains. I was reading about a pastor who uh, was speaking to a group of pastors uh, and these groups of pa uh, these pastors came from all over the country to hear him speak and so that he could minister to them and give them encouragement and uh, the subject was inadequacy and all these pastors came and they were feeling inadequate. Now, a lot of you would think, man, pastors are so confident. I want you to know I know lots of pastors that feel very inadequate at what they're doing. They feel very, uh, they have a low self-esteem. They feel like, man, they, they, don't, they don't have the qualification. They're inadequate at what they're doing. And he talked about, well, the reason why I'm probably able to teach on feeling inadequate and I'm able to give them encouragement is because I grew up, he said, without a dad 
who was, uh, I shouldn't say he grew up without a dad. He grew up with a dad that really was kind of absent in his life. In fact, he said his dad was in and out of mental institutions. He said I, he struggled in his life with all these feelings of being inadequate. He struggled with all these feelings of, of not really knowing if he really mattered or not. Until he got a, a solid relationship with God. But he uses all of those shortcomings and all of those failures and all of those hurts and pains to help pastors say that God will make you available and you can be adequate in God's power. Can you say amen? So when you're feeling inadequate, let's just be honest. We are inadequate, but with God's power, we can do great things. How many can say amen? Even Paul the Apostle, and when, uh, Paul the Apostle even talks about this guy was so great. He wrote one-third of the New Testament. When you read the New Testament, one-third of it was written by this guy by the name of Paul the Apostle. And, and this guy had all kinds of qualifications. But this is what he said in 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything that's coming from ourselves, but our adequacy, what, is from God. Our adequacy is what? From God. So what makes you adequate is God's power and God's grace. And so he says, who am I, God? What, who am I that I should do this? Who am I that, that, that I'm able to go and face Pharaoh? And again, God points to himself and he says, I'm with you. That's all that you need. And the second thing he begins to wonder, he says, but God, who are you exactly? Who are you exactly, God, that I could come back? Who are you? Who, who should I say sent me? Who should I say you are to the people? And, and let's read this, Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. But Moses protested again. There he is protesting and He goes, I, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them that the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then I, what should I tell them? And God, and God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me. I don't know about you, but that's a weird answer. Okay, I am? What, what does that mean? I mean, boy, that's really going to satisfy everybody. Yeah, the I am sent me. That's it. But, but do you realize that the, the name I am is one of the most holiest names in the Old Testament of, of describing God? That's a holy, holy name. And really, the name I am, it basically, God is saying, I am the one that will meet every circumstance in your life. That will meet every need that you have. Can you say amen? And so when he says, I am, I am able to do what you're not able to do. I'm able to do those things and fill those needs that you're not able to fill them yourself. Uh, this is why over and over he calls himself these titles of the I am. He goes, I am uh, Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. Can you say amen? I'm Jehovah Nisi. I'm your victory. I'm Jehovah Shalom. I'm the peace of God. I'm Jehovah Shammah. I am there and always will be there. And so, see, we live in a world that's always wishing things. And God says, uh, you don't need to wish anymore. You don't need to be wishing this and wishing that. I'm not the God of wishes. I am the God who meets your need. I am the God that is well able. I am the God that can move in your life. And again, this is some of the, this name is one of the most holiest name in scripture. And yet many times we're still questioning who God is. 
God is well able. Is there anything too hard for God? And we forget, man, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world, right? We forget that we serve a big God, and God is trying to remind Moses, I am, I, I am powerful, I am mighty. I'm the one that can do everything. Uh, there's nothing that I, I I'm, I'm, the, I'm the God that's on the throne. Can you say amen? And then Moses, again, uh, he's questioning whether he could come back. See, this is our problem many times. We're always questioning God whether we can come back or not. We all, we're always doubting. I don't think I can come back from this. I don't think I can come back from these circumstances. I don't think I can come back from this situation. I don't think I can come back from this defeat. I don't think I can come back from these mistakes that I've made. Am I speaking to anyone here today? God, I feel like some people are just, you're, you're polishing your halo. They know that's not me, Pastor. I, I, I don't need to come back. I got it all together. For those of you that got it all together, don't even listen to this message. But for the rest of us, we need to make a comeback. Can you say amen? And so he, he so finally Moses tells God, uh, wh- you know, what, what if they don't believe me? Basically is what he says to God. What if they don't believe the I am has sent me? What, if the, what about them? What about what they say? What about their opinion? And that's what happens to us today. Oftentimes, we're always thinking about other people, and that keeps us from making a comeback. See, basically, he was thinking, man, if I go back and tell them, oh, yeah, so, yeah, I was, you know, walking in the wilderness, and I seen this burning bush, it goes downhill from there, right? And people say, yeah, right. Exactly, yeah, you saw a burning bush. And I can imagine they weren't going to receive that. So in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 uh, verse uh, one and 2, this is what it says. Moses said, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, if they say the Lord never appeared to you? And then the Lord asked him, what is in your hand? So again, Moses is saying, what about them? What about these people? What about what they say? Uh, What if they ignore me? What if they reject me? What if they don't like me? What if they look down at me? And many times what keeps us from making a comeback is we're paralyzed by the fear of other people's opinion. We're paralyzed by the fear of what other people think about us. Some of us this morning, we can make a great comeback for God. We could do a lot of things, but we're intimidated and we're paralyzed by other people's opinion. Some of the greatest leaders in Scripture were paralyzed by people's opinion. The moment you get your eyes off of God and put it on people, you're, you're, you're headed for a downfall. The moment you begin to think, well, if I do this, what are people going to say? What if I do this? What are they going to think? And, and that's the key that we need to look at ourselves this morning and we need to think about is we need to stop looking or thinking about what other people think and we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. And here's what, here's what I want to do, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to race through this as quick as I can. God tells Moses, again, in the same scripture, what is in your hand? I want you to look at what is in your hand. We know the story. He throws the, 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 uh, the staff on the ground. It turns into the snake, and, and Moses jumps back. We all seen the movie, remember? And he picks up uh, the, the stick, and it, uh, or picks up the snake from the tail. It turns back into a, a, a stick or a staff. And basically, God says, I could use whatever you have in your hands. I could use the ordinary and do something extraordinary. So I want to say to you, whatever you have, 
whatever ability, whatever gifting, whatever talent, God can use that gifting and talent to make a comeback. We make, many times we look at what we have and we say, I don't have enough. Uh, you know, this is not, this is not going to be enough to make things happen. And I tell you, if God can take a, a staff and make it into a snake, are you hearing me? If he could do something supernatural, he could do something supernatural in your life. God can take what you may have like a disappointment and make it into a dream. God can take some things in your life that, that are failures and make it his purpose. Can you say Amen. God can take some of your greatest hurts and make it some of your greatest ministry. God can take a cross of torture and it can become a place of forgiveness. God can take a tomb and make it into a resurrection. God is powerful. He can turn things around. Can you say amen? See, what happens a lot of times is we have this fear and we get stuck in our past and we have a fear of getting out of our past and God said, break free from that. Get out of your, all of us have a past. All of us have something that we regret. All of us have some things in our lives that we said, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I would have did it this way. And we can live our lives over and over thinking, I should have did this. Could have, would have, should have, right? All of us could have did that. But instead, we need to break free and say, God, I can't change what's happened, but you can change the future. I can't change the past, but God can change the future, right? So, so stop waiting many times, again, uh, to say, well, I need to get all these things going first before God can use it. God said, I'll take what you, get, what you have, and I'll do a miracle with it. And all it was, think about it, all it was was a wooden staff. It wasn't much, but God could use what you already have. And here, I, I need, why don't we have the worship team come up real quick. Here's the last thing that happened with Moses. That shouldn't be the last thing, the last couple of things here. Moses began to protest to God. He said, but God, I'm not a good speaker. Many scholars believe he was a stutterer. Many, uh, I'm slow of speech. See, because I'm not going to be able to make a comeback. See, I've, I've always had this complex about how I talk. I don't talk very well. I'm... I, I stumble in my speech. And I love the way God answers his question. He says, who made your mouth? Who made you? Who created you? In other words, I'm able to take even your disabilities and all your defects and make something powerful out of them. Because we serve a God that's always in control. I was thinking about some people with disabilities and there's a lot of people with disabilities, people that have physical disabilities, mental disabilities, all these different disabilities. Maybe they, maybe you say, I don't have a, a great education. I don't have a, a great things that have happened in my life. And basically, I, I, I've looked at a couple of people just in the last decades or so that have made a difference in the world. I can't pronounce this guy's last name. I forget, but most of us know. His name is Nick, uh, the guy without limbs. Uh, what's his last name? What is it? Vujicic. Yeah, that's what it is. Vujicic. Boy, I didn't even know that. Okay, so there it is. Uh, his, if you've ever seen any of his videos, this guy has no limbs. I mean, basically, no arms, no legs. And yet, he's able to swim. He's able to... Uh, you know, he's married. I think he's got three children now. And God is using his disability to reach the world. And he made this statement. He said, you should never live according to what you lack. 
If you can't get a miracle, become a miracle. See, that's what a comeback is. If you can't get a miracle, you become that miracle. See, had Moses not come back, had Moses said, man, I don't have what it takes. I'm not able to do this. I'm not able to do that. He would have missed the splitting of the Red Sea. He would have missed the pillar of fire or the or the pillar of or the cloud. He would have missed the pillar of fire and the cloud. He would have missed all of these miracles that God did, the water coming out of the rock, all of these different things. He would have missed that. But because he said yes and he made a comeback, it not only changed his life, it changed the lives of others. We need to come back not just because of us, but we need to come back because others need us. Can you say amen? The Bible says he went back to Egypt and all those people were freed. They'd been slaves for all 400 years of slavery. They'd been slaves for centuries. And he came back. And he freed those people out of Egypt. It was miraculous what God did. Because someone decided, I can make a comeback. You can make a comeback. I'm going to read you one last scripture. And I think this is what we need to look at our own lives. What we value makes a difference. Hebrews 11:26. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than all the treasures of Egypt. Because he was looking ahead to his reward. He's looking ahead to his reward. Hebrews eleven twenty seven said he had his eye on the one that no, no eye can see. He had his eyes on God. And all these things that he had around him were just temporary compared to the reward and the presence of God. You can make a comeback today. So why don't we bow our heads in reverence to the Lord. We're going to pray for just a moment here. So Holy Spirit, we thank you today, God, that our failure is not fatal. That God, failure is not a person, it is an event. That God, we can come back from our failure. We can come back from our mistakes. We can come back from all the things that the enemy said, we're defeated, we're dead, it's over. There's not a chance. You'll never recover from this. You're defeated. It's only half time. See, it's only half time. You get ready for a comeback. Prepare yourself. Get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes off the circumstances. Get your eyes off of people. Get your eyes off yourself and get your eyes on Him. The Bible says that God told Moses, I am with you. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit all over this place right now, I pray that your word would encourage people to make the greatest comeback that they've ever made in their life today. God, we know in in sports, all these great comebacks, but God, I I, want to see the greatest comebacks are lives coming to you, our lives coming back to you. So if, if with every head bowed, every eye closed right now, maybe you're in this place right now and you're away from God. Today's your comeback. Maybe you're in this place and once you were with God and you're away from God, you left the things of God. It's time for you to make a comeback right now. Come back to God. So whoever you are right now, maybe you're listening online, maybe you're watching right now, time for you to come back to the Lord. So if you're in this place right now, say, Pastor, I need to come back to Jesus. 
I need to make a comeback with my life. You know what? I'm, I'm living without God, and I, I want to make a comeback. I said, man, I want to get my life right with God. Jesus is a God of forgiveness, and he's the God that saves. He's the God that forgives. He's the God of grace today. So whoever you are in this building right now, or even those that are watching, you'd raise your hand and say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need Jesus in my life. Is that you? I want you to raise your hand real quick and say, Pastor, I want to make that comeback that you're talking about. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've done a lot of things, but I want to make a comeback to God. Who are you right now? Raise your hand all over this building. Just raise your hand. Maybe you were once serving God. Maybe at one time you were walking with God and you need to come back to the Lord today. You need to come back to Jesus. Raise your hand, whoever you are right now. If you're watching online, we pray today that you'll give your life to the Lord and take a moment to pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Make a comeback to Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.